thank you everybody for joining us this morning. With the Ontario Health Agency, uh, Ontario Health now taking shape, leadership is in place, now is the right time to move forward on the creation of a diabetes management plan for Ontario. <clears throat> how that might look, how we might make that happen, or just a few of the questions we'll be addressing this morning. We are joined by some of Ontario's leaders in the delivery of care and administration of diabetes in Ontario. Longwoods has produced a number of these events in the past, uh, focusing on health analytics, home care, integrated care, and more. Uh, these events take a lot of planning and commitment from all involved, and today's event has been supported by and made possible by uh, Nova Nordisk Canada. Uh, Nova Nordisk has a stated mandate of driving change to defeat diabetes. They are working to discover, develop, and manufacture better biological medicines and making them accessible to people with diabetes. But it takes more than medicine to, be, to defeat diabetes, and that's why we're here today. I do encourage you to reach out to Nova Nordisk to learn more about them, discover how they, how, how you can support each other. There are a few people from Nova Nordisk online this morning. Marco Perovic, Senior Manager of External Affairs is here this morning. You can find Marco on LinkedIn. It's M-A-R-K-O-P-E-R-O-B-I-C. Um, or you can email them at mopb at novanordisk.com. <clears throat> As you just might have learned, I am a strong believer in um, building your network. You may never know how we might be able to support each other. So please feel free to contact me if you wish. Um, I can be reached at mpart at longlist.com or you can find me on LinkedIn. Last comments before we get started. Um, our keynote speaker, Kimberly Hansen, will be kicking us off this, kicking off this morning's event. We'll be saving any questions you have for Kim until the until after the panel discussion. But if you do have questions, please feel free to ask them at any time. You'll notice there's the Q&A section at the bottom of your screen. Please ask your questions there, and we'll do the best to address them, um, address them, or as many questions as possible at the end of the event. We hope you leave the event today with an understanding of the current landscape in Ontario and where we need to be, how we get there and what we can do to further, further the objective of creating a diabetes management strategy for Ontario. As mentioned, we're gonna to start today with a keynote presentation from Kimberly Hansen, Executive Director of Federal Affairs at Diabetes Canada. She is also a patient living with diabetes for 25 years. Kim and her family have also raised over a million dollars for research and support for those with diabetes. I am excited that she is able to join us this morning, Kim, Thanks so much, Matthew. It's um, it's such a pleasure to be here with you all today. Um, I, um, as as somebody that has lived with uh, diabetes and happens to love a lot of people who live with diabetes who live in Ontario, uh, this is a topic that's really near and dear to my heart. I'm really keen to have a conversation about how we can all collaborate to improve the management of diabetes in our province and in Canada broadly. So uh, my, my remarks will touch a little bit on both. So you'll see that the title of my remarks really here are addressing chronic disease to recover from COVID-19. And so what I'm gonna to talk today about is how the relationship between chronic disease and diabetes. Diabetes is a gigantic problem in and of itself, 
but it's also really tied into many other chronic diseases, if not all of them. And, and if we're going to recover from COVID-19 and protect ourselves against future pandemics like this, I think that that's going to necessitate addressing diabetes in a way that's different than we have. Um, for those of you that may not be as familiar with our organization, Diabetes Canada is the nationwide charity whose vision is a world free of the effects of diabetes. And our goal is to lead the fight against diabetes by helping those affected by diabetes live healthy lives, by preventing the onset and consequences of diabetes wherever possible, and by working in collaboration with many here today to, to discover a cure. So I mentioned that um, chronic disease broadly is an enormous burden in Canada. More than uh, one in four Canadians, or sorry, uh, more than 44% of Canadians live over age 20, live with one chronic disease or another. And diabetes is a very prominent and common chronic disease for people to live with. Uh, today, one in three Canadians either has prediabetes or diabetes. So that's 11 million people. But not only that, diabetes is also a major risk factor for most other chronic diseases. It's a leading cause of some cancers. It's a key factor contributing to the development of cardiovascular disease, respiratory diseases, even mood and anxiety disorders can both be triggered by diabetes and in some cases the reverse. So I'm going to talk to you today about an approach called Diabetes 360, which we really believe in as part of a solution for people with diabetes, but it's not only for people with diabetes, it will help us to address the burden of all chronic disease and I'll, I'll tell you why. The diabetes epidemic in Canada is out of control and it really is an epidemic, that's not hyperbole. Um, it is, as I mentioned, affecting one in three Canadians directly at this point, and it's growing at a rate of prevalence of about 40% per decade. When I was diagnosed with diabetes in uh, 25 years ago, I was one of 1 million Canadians who were living with the disease, and today I'm one of five. So that, that uh, pace of growth far outpaces the growth in our population, etc. There's a lot happening that's contributing to that rise, but it's an exponential rise. And Canada's not doing well at coping with that rising burden. We are among the worst third of OECD countries for both the prevalence and the costs of treating diabetes. Um, so we have to do something to look at why we're in this situation. And we have to, I would argue, take bold action to change that. You can see here that that pace of growth is um, affecting both the sort of incidence and prevalence of those with diabetes, but it's also driving costs and, and uh, costs to humans and costs to our healthcare system and economy. Um, every 24 hours, uh, more than 20 Canadians dies of diabetes. You know, a lot of people think of diabetes as kind of, oh, well, you know, maybe you take a pill or you take an injection once a day. It's not that big of a deal. It is. It kills all the time. And uh, 620 Canadians will receive a diagnosis of diabetes today. 14, appallingly, will lose a lower limb today to the, to the disease. And at least 85% of those amputations could be prevented with better coordinated care. So our, our healthcare system is facing enormous burdens logistically, financially, 
and our citizens are, are facing enormous burdens physically, emotionally, mentally that we have to get ahead of. The picture in Ontario is equally bleak. Today, there are 4.5 million Ontarians living with diabetes or prediabetes. And if things don't change within a decade, that number will have risen to 5.4 million. The treatment costs today in Ontario are $1.6 billion a year. It's an enormous portion of our healthcare budget. Um, and when you look at the right side of my slide, this gives you a sense of the sort of prevalence of some key attributes that contribute to the risk of someone developing type 2 diabetes. So we know that type 2 diabetes um, is more common among seniors, that people of certain ethnic backgrounds are at greater risk of developing type 2. Um, and, and these populations are very, very well represented in Ontario's wonderful diverse population, which means that we are at slightly greater risk to that rise in prevalence than um, a, a population that were younger or less ethnic, ethnically diverse. And so that means that we have to get out in front of it. The other thing is that there are enormous um, uh, sort of social determinants of health, health equity issues that pertain to things like education levels, income levels, all of these are being made worse during the pandemic and all of these drive risk for the development of type two diabetes. Um, Ontarians have uh, one of the highest prevalence of low income of any province in Canada or territory. And, um, and Ontarians face uh, quite high out of pocket costs of living with diabetes, uh, despite a patchwork of programs to provide supports for the medications, devices and supplies that we need to live well. COVID has made the problem of diabetes more urgent. COVID is, um, while somebody with diabetes is not necessarily more likely to contract COVID than somebody else, if we do contract it, we are uh, significantly, some statistics say at least twice as likely to have severe infection and need hospitalization for the, for the virus. And we are more than three times as likely to die of it than someone that doesn't have diabetes. Um, these, these statistics are still very much emerging. We need to understand an awful lot more about it than we do, but the, the risk relationship is clear and has been from the outset of, of the COVID-19 virus. Um, in addition, COVID appears to be triggering new onset diabetes in some people. So some people are um, not living with diabetes, they're contracting COVID and they're going on to develop diabetes. We're not even quite sure yet what kind, but it appears as though it may be a type 1 diabetes. And there's a, a, a relationship that may be similar to that that we've seen in the past where uh, influenza or certain rotaviruses can trigger the onset of type 1 diabetes. So it may be a similar factor. We need to understand more. Um, and then, as I mentioned a couple minutes ago, the social determinants of health that we know are risk factors for type 2 diabetes are also being heavily strained by COVID. All of that combines to mean that unless and until we reduce the burden of diabetes and other chronic disease, we will struggle to cope with the current or any future infectious disease pandemics. So Diabetes Canada's proposed solution to this problem is Diabetes 360, 
our comprehensive nationwide strategy to uh, improve the, the prevention, the uh, screening for the management of and the outcomes associated with diabetes. This framework was based on the very successful 90-90-90 target that was adopted by the UNAIDS organization in 2014 and that has been instrumental in really um, taking what was at, at one point uh, really a very scary, uh, almost unmanageable epidemic and turning it into a manageable problem where somebody that has HIV can live very healthily and, uh, and, and, and normally in a normal sort of lifespan and so on. Um, so we were able to borrow from the best practices from that strategy, the lessons they learned as they were uh, developing and implementing it. And we have folded those best practices into the approach we took to develop Diabetes 360. So we engaged a group of 120 diverse stakeholders from across Canada in a process that took us about a year to develop this framework, all based on evidence, uh, peer-reviewed research, all based on extensive stakeholder consultation. There were 30 patient advocates or patients who were uh, working in all parts of the working groups that designed this framework to ensure that it was patient-centric as well as evidence-informed. And uh, we came up with these four targets. The key thing that is going to be different about this strategy when we embrace it is that it is designed to be entirely underpinned by a foundation of strong integrated health data that help us be completely focused on driving improved patient health outcomes with the interventions that we'll implement under the auspices of this framework. And we would argue that not only will the implementation of this framework, as I mentioned a few moments ago, not only will it reduce the burden of diabetes, but it will actually reduce the burden of all chronic disease. And it's a model that could be used to address many other chronic diseases as well. So you could, um, a, a conversation I had recently with the Federal Minister of Health, uh, she was suggesting that we could almost implement a, a hub and spoke model where there's a, a common hub of primary prevention measures that I'll speak to in just a moment followed by uh, uh, sort of hubs of, of disease specific treatment measures and approaches that would sort of circulate around that. And Diabetes 360 is an ideal model to start with because diabetes is uh, empirically measurable at all stages of the development of the disease. So we can really be uh, testing this and proving it for many chronic diseases while we're making progress in reducing the burden of diabetes. So the four targets of Diabetes 360 are as follows, that 90% of Canadians are living in an environment that promotes wellness and does not promote the development of diabetes. This is about ending food insecurity. It's about addressing health equities. It's about ensuring regular access to physical activity, livable, walkable environments, healthy choices being made available everywhere in rec centers, in schools. Uh, early access to healthy living education for our young Canadians. And it's about ensuring that we continue to research to understand this disease and how to prevent and manage it. The second target is that 90% of Canadians should be aware of their diabetes status. We know today that there are as many as 1.5 million Canadians who have diabetes and aren't aware that they have it. And that means, or that contributes to the fact that 50% of people present at the time of diagnosis with type 2 diabetes with a complication already on board. 
We need to get upstream and make people aware that they are at risk of developing diabetes. While they can still take relatively small actions to reduce that risk or to delay the development of the disease, and we need to make people aware that they've got the disease as quickly as possible so that we can support them in avoiding its complications. The third target is that 90% of Canadians should be with diabetes should be engaged in interventions that prevent complications. And there are three categories of those interventions. One is interventions in the sort of classic healthcare system. We need to make sure that people have the right access to the right care at the right time to meet their needs. We'll leverage digital and virtual care technologies to bring that care to everyone regardless of where they live. We'll work to streamline patient care pathways to ensure that uh, we're, we're making the best use of our precious health care resources to meet the needs of Canadians with diabetes more quickly. The second category is self-management supports. So uh, many of you watching today will know that diabetes is a very intensively self-managed disease. And those of us with it need a fair amount of education, access to medications, devices, and supplies in order to live well with the disease. And so we'll make sure that that education and, and that access is provided. And the third category is community-based supports. Uh, living with diabetes is a pretty relentless kind of thing. It's day in, day out, forever, no breaks. And so um, we know that it, we can benefit from supporting people with diabetes in their communities uh, with people that they um, can relate to. And so in communities, there are support groups, there are walking groups, there are cooking classes that we can connect those with diabetes to much better via a patient portal and thereby help them feel uh, better supported in living with diabetes. They can have access to education in their own language, in their own culture. Uh, and, and, and these resources don't even uh, drain the government resources. So it's, it's a win-win. The achievement of all three of those first targets drives towards the achievement of the fourth, which is that 90% of Canadians are achieving improved health outcomes. And everything, as I mentioned, will be measurable and underpinned by that Diabetes 360 foundational layer dashboard. These improved health outcomes will be at the individual level. Maybe I'll have better blood sugars or a better lipid profile. At the population level, over time, we'll see a reduction in the rate of complications like kidney disease or amputations or vision loss. And we'll also see people with diabetes reporting a greater sense of wellness living with the disease. There are many recommendations that support the achievement of these four targets, and this is just a quick sampling of them. We'll be doing um, screening in communities. We'll be partnering with experts in it to eliminate food insecurity. We'll be streamlining patient care pathways to make sure that people get the right care at the right time. We'll be providing education and some other supports to, to facilitate self-management. We'll be working uh, to end stigma. We need to get um, uh, we need to dispel the belief that people just cause diabetes for themselves and so they kind of deserve what they get. That can get in the way of people seeking care, that can get in the way of people being able to manage the disease, and it's just simply untrue. And we'll work to um, leverage Diabetes Action Canada's National Diabetes Repository so that we really understand the picture of diabetes in Canada and and in Ontario and can work uh, using that evidence to reduce it. 
there is broad stakeholder support for this strategy uh, that has been growing over the past three years since we've been developing it. Um, both the Finance and Health Committees of Parliament have studied it and recommended it for implementation. A number of provinces have already committed to embracing and developing Diabetes 360-inspired strategies of their own. Um, a number of, of valued partners, including uh, Canadian Cancer Society, Heart and Stroke, the Canadian Medical Association, have joined us in writing to the Federal Minister of Health in support of this strategy. 220 healthcare providers wrote letters to Minister Haidu saying, please help us with this. And Canadians vastly support this strategy. I think that no one would say that diabetes is well managed really anywhere in our country at this point. And we need a, a coordinating framework and an organizing mechanism to change that. So that organizing mechanism uh, that we propose in order to support the implementation of Diabetes 360 is a temporary center of expertise. So we recommend that the Federal Minister of Health create a, a standalone organization on a temporary basis that would need about $150 million total funding over the course of seven years to do three main things, to implement that foundation of data and, that, and metrics that would allow us to create that Diabetes 360 dashboard to really know what's the burden of diabetes and how are we doing in reducing it, that would act as a center of expertise and a resource to help provinces and territories um, implement Diabetes 360 in the way that makes sense to them. It is not a one-size-fits-all approach, but more of an organizing framework underpinned by evidence. And so we would have some consultants uh, and experts in health system optimization who would be made available from this center of expertise to the provinces and territories to help them tackle the problem of diabetes in the way that makes the most sense to them. And the third thing this COE would do is to facilitate the sharing of best practices across the provinces. There is incredible work happening all across this country to, uh, to reduce the burden of diabetes. And yet there isn't a really easy mechanism to share that and to scale the, 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 the approaches that are proven to work across the country. We need to change that. In Ontario, we had a diabetes strategy. It's been defunct since 2012. And I would argue that that's contributing to the rise in prevalence of the disease in our province. So it's time for us to really take the reins again and uh, take decisive, bold action to reduce diabetes. Um, the approach would really um, be quite simple and it would actually involve leveraging a lot of what we already have in place. We don't need to go and create a whole big infrastructure that doesn't exist in Ontario. We just need to coordinate and leverage what we have a little bit more deliberately. And so we would propose to develop a provincial diabetes program that is essentially uh, a values-based outcomes model approach to healthcare in Ontario. We would integrate um, standardized diabetes models of care within the Ontario health teams with a real clear focus on improving patient health outcomes. We would undertake a needs-based planning process to really um, create a capacity plan for the provincial care path moving forward so that this is smart and sustainable. And we would establish 
uh, that data-driven performance management model. So we've leveraged the data that we have and build um, a, a, an understanding and a look at it into how we manage our performance and assess our performance as a healthcare system in Ontario to, to improve uh, diabetes management. We would leverage continuous quality improvement methodologies and, and, and philosophies and bake those into the Ontario health team models and, and develop a funding model that would align with this in support of it. So it's not um, a, a, a sort of a, a burn it down and start over again by any means. It's really just let's take what we've got, pull it together a little bit more uh, deliberately and really make a difference. The economic opportunity associated with this is huge. Um, we could, in a very short period of time, prevent more than 44,000 Ontarians from receiving a diagnosis of type 2 diabetes every year. We could prevent 24,000 Ontarians from undergoing painful, debilitating, and very costly lower limb amputations in just 10 years, and save Ontario, Ontario's economy more than $10.5 billion in just a decade. The, the, the scale of the problem is so large that the opportunity in even relatively um, minor, relatively uh, inexpensive interventions is so great. And so this is key to, first of all, reducing the burden of diabetes on our healthcare system, but also in supporting our economy from uh, recovering from the current uh, economic strain of COVID-19. There would be huge benefits for all Ontarians. And, and I really can't emphasize enough that this would benefit those with diabetes, but it would also benefit those living with or at risk of most other chronic diseases. And it would have a positive impact on families, on patients, on caregivers, and the not, not even just Ontario's health system, but the social services network and um, uh, our whole economy. Um, so it's 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 a, a strategy worth undertaking on many fronts. In 2021, the world will celebrate the discovery in Ontario in 1921 of insulin, which saved the lives of me and millions like me around the world. Uh, this is something that Canadians are enormously proud of. I still get goosebumps every time I think about um, the incredible work that the four doctors that collaborated to discover insulin undertook. And when I think about how we will celebrate the anniversary of that achievement next year, I want us to be able to say not only did we do something remarkable 100 years ago to address diabetes, but we're doing so again today by embracing a uh, very well um, proven, very robust approach and strategy to reducing the burden of diabetes in Ontario, in Canada. And so there's hope for the next 100 years. Thank you. <laughs>